Welcome to the Canadian Strength Cast, a podcast where we interview Canadian athletes, coaches, and business owners in the world of strength sports. This podcast is presented by Canadian Strength Supply for all your strength needs. Today's guest is Nicholas McCallum. Nick is the owner of Attain Athletics, a strength and conditioning gym located in Caledonia, Ontario. Here he focuses on functional movements to help his clients and athletes achieve their best physical condition. Nick leads from the front by living a healthy lifestyle and practicing what he preaches. A carpenter by trade turned into a fitness coach, a business owner, and influencer in the community. We are excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Nice to, nice to be a part of it. I can't believe you let the fact that he mispronounced your name go. Yeah, it's actually McCollum, but that's okay. He's McCollum. Ah, I've heard worse. Rookie mistake. I'm yeah, sorry. It's all right. Hot start, Dave. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good start today. Okay, so here, here we are inside your gym uh, post-COVID. Um, how has uh, this kind of whole thing been? Yeah, good, really uh, timely question. Uh, it was rough to start, to be quite honest. As a business owner, it's, um, I was shitting bricks, basically. I didn't know, you know what to expect. Uh, the government didn't really have uh, you know, a clear plan, and that, that was, to me, the worrisome part was, uh, you know, here's somebody saying I can't do something, but with no end in sight. So for me, that was a hard, hard pill to swallow. Um, I was able to put the clinic in on the, on the other side. So we had some projects that I, you know, I've been wanting to do for uh, the past couple gyms now. Uh, so the timing was, was nice for that. I was able to put in the, the clinic. We've got four treatment rooms on the uh, back side of this wall here and uh, basically started a new business alongside. Unfortunately, that business couldn't open until, you know, uh, stage two or whatever the COVID uh, restrictions were. Um, so it, it was ready to start in, uh, in that aspect. Um, for, for the uncertainty, I guess, was the hardest part. We, you know, we transitioned to online classes, the Zoom media or whatever. And I mean, that was helpful. It gave, gave people something. Um, you know, surprisingly, we kept a, a majority of our members. Some, you know, chose to not do the classes, the online classes. And, uh, you know, some people came out of it thriving, which was really neat to see. So, uh, you know, a different opportunity as a business owner over the years, you know, you have to learn to, to live with that you know, those consequences or situations that come up, you know, and, um, you know, the Stoic philosophy would teach you to be prepared for those things. But, uh, you know, that's why they're, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, written in, in stone, I guess, right? Because those things don't necessarily always, you know, you can't really plan for COVID and nobody, nobody saw that one coming. So the guys, the business owners that were able to adapt quickly are the ones that are still around. So and that's, I think, what makes a successful business owner is your ability to see the situation. And a lot of guys would just kind of throw their hands up and do nothing about it, where it's good to see that you, as soon as it came across that, okay, this is going to happen, this is a new reality, how can we pivot and make this sustainable and kind of even try to grow it during this time? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for uh, we've come back. Uh, numbers are, are getting to where, you know, uh, pre-COVID days are um, – just different, and and the clientele that we're getting is is maybe more I, ideally the clientele that are going to be here for a long term, you know, and and have realized that this, you know, doing nothing about their circumstances while they were off, maybe just even highlighted that more. They're at home, they're doing it. Just highlights that you know um, sedentary lifestyle that perhaps they they were falling into, being stuck at home, and then you know having the opportunity to come out and 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 to do something maybe in a safer environment. We run you know eight person classes. We've we've capped our our class sizes to that to you know help help with floor space and, and manage that way 
uh, keep our members uh, you know, a little more comfortable in that aspect as well. So I, I think a lot of it, people, it, it opened a lot of eyes um, you know, to what health can do for you and, and to better, better prepare you for these COVID situations, right? Okay, so you hear, you're here, you own a strength conditioning gym in a small town of Caledonia, Ontario. Are you, are you from Caledonia? Yeah, I'm not born here, but grew up here since I was three, yeah. Okay, so what, what kind of got you into training? Like, what was your athletic background? Did you play hockey, soccer? Yeah, I'm probably one of the only kids in 1980s that didn't play hockey in Caledonia, and uh, I don't know how I, I made it through. I spent a lot of time at the rink with my friends, but uh, yeah, I'd never really strap on the skates myself. Uh, soccer, karate as, as a child, um, got into rowing in high school. I uh, was on a competitive rowing crew at St. Mary's in, in Hamilton. Uh, transferred high school just so I could row. Um, my path later in life just kept me at the gym, though, um, you know, not maybe playing organized sports, but, but always uh, had some, spent some time in the gym. Uh, it was always important to me. Um, and then later on, got into some MMA in my, my later 20s. Karate background, it was something interesting to me. And I was relentless. I trained seven days a week. I was at the club, uh, jiu-jitsu, boxing. Um, you know, at 29 years old, you know, starting an MMA career was uh, maybe a little late, if you will. I, I had a karate background, so, you know, I wasn't, wasn't that naive or, or uh, inexperienced at a lot of the things. And, you know, a lot of things carried over. But uh, the recovery time, that's when you started to realize that, you know, you're not 20 anymore, you're not 18 anymore. Uh, you know, you, I, I have to work full time. At the time, I was working full time uh, through the Carpenters Union. And going and training seven days a week after, you know, working or... It just so happened that, that when I started, I was working on a straight afternoon shift. So it was get up in the morning at 9 o'clock, hit the gym. We had a little, little girl at that time, a little baby. So I brought her. She, was, she spent as much time at that, at that barn as, as I did. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it was neat. So that eventually, I, I seen a guy doing bar muscle-up. We call him Tattoo Sleeve, and uh, he was an MMA guy with us. <laughs> He's that good like doing mu uh, muscle-ups. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's that good like doing muscle-ups. This is like... You know, pre-insurgents, pre uh, let's call it nine, uh, no, it would have been, uh, I don't know, 2010, 2011, okay. 2010, 2011. Okay. Yeah, before I had the gym. So he, uh, he's busting out some, I don't know, single arm dumbbell snatches and jumping up and doing barbell muscle or bar muscle ups. And I'm like, Sleeven, what the fuck are you? He's like, I can't talk now. I'm on time. I'm like, <laughs> classic crossfit. You can't talk. Like, you time. Like, just, what are you doing? You're just doing some crazy shit on a bar. He's like, I'll talk to you after. So he comes over after I'm just doing some bro session, whatever meathead shit at good life. Right? Like everybody else. And you know, everybody's looking at Sleeven at this time, wondering what the fuck he's up to. And sure enough, he comes over. He says, yeah, I'm doing this CrossFit thing. I found it online. It's, it's taken off in the States. You just do a bunch of stuff. Uh, what you, they teach us how to do it on, on, the, uh, you know, on the original CrossFit website. You know, that's pretty neat, CrossFit.com. But, uh, you know, and, and you'd follow the workout of the day. If you, if you didn't know what it was, you just made it up. Or you Google it or whatever it back then, YouTube it. Like, it wasn't, none of the literature was there now. None of the videos. Like, there was no podcast at this time. Or if there was, there wasn't, wasn't about bar muscle or bar muscle ups or anything. So, for me, it was just like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, how do I do that? I want to do that. So he's like, go on the website and then you can start working out. So a couple months later, you know, I started working out and I still suck at bar muscle ups. But, um, you know, I, I got into, I said, fuck it. I'm going to give up my good life membership by a bar. And I started working out in my backyard at home. Well, then winter came. I'm like, shit, 
I was kind of dumb giving up my membership. So then I got, you know, I was still training at the MMA club at that time. And then, you know, weightlifting has always been a part of my life since I was a kid. You know, my, I got my first weight bench from my dad's buddy, you know, Dave Arsenal. Hey, Dave, thanks. <laughs> still into it. Uh, one of those York, you know, cement racks. I was 12. You know, my dad wouldn't let me touch it till I was like 12. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dad, let me hit, hit the weight. He's like, no, Nicholas, you're too young. Little do we know, you know. We could have been a bigger bone structure kid by now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty neat to see it. And then to, to watch the, the sport develop, you know, CrossFit or whatever, it's that lifestyle, if you will. Not a, if you wanted sports, that's awesome. If you want the lifestyle, that's cool. Uh, for me, it, it's really neat to see it progress and how it, the awareness of it now. And, and, you know, you got the games and all these top-tier top athletes, and, you know, they made a sport out of fitness, which is pretty remarkable, right? Yeah, okay, so you, you get introduced to... CrossFit at a good life you're doing your bro sessions and you see Sleeve doing doing his thing and you start training CrossFit pretty much for performance in MMA or just for general fitness and then you decide to open up a CrossFit gym in the small town of Caledonia what kind of sparked that so like I said, always into the gym kind of lifestyle. Um, you know, I made some shitty decisions here and here and there growing up in a small town. You, you know, you either you're a sports kid or you're not. And, you know, if you're not, you're doing stupid stuff. And if you are, you may be doing stupid stuff, but at least you got the sports to balance it out and you, you dedicate some time there. So I had a lot of time on my hand as a kid and, and um, was always into construction, carpentry, work hard, play hard sort of mentality, right? Watched the old man do that all of his life. So it was in 2011 when my when I was doing the MMA, I was training, I had two kids at this point, I uh, took a trip to New Brunswick for my, my dad's uh, parents, my grandparents' 65th wedding anniversary, the morning of, so two days after we flew down there, my dad had a massive stroke and died, and in, in, he was home in New Brunswick, which was nice that he was home, but it was, it was a shocker to us all, so for me, it was just like, hey, McCollum, wake the fuck up, like, wake up, do something different with your life, you know, the gym, the MMA is fine, but the other stuff that you do, you know, I, I, I don't think I smoked at that time. I think I, sm- you know, gave up the cigarettes at that time, but, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever, you know, like my closet was, you know, full of, of skeletons, if you will. And, and for me, it was just that transition, that reality check, you know, now I'm the influencer of two children. So that's where it started for me. So it was like, damn it, I'm going to go. I said to Allie, my wife, I says, I'm going to do this CrossFit coaching certification open a crossfit gym i'm always the seat of my pants kind of guy for those who don't know me um if i got something on the end i try it out you fit in well with us then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well i think that's the entrepreneurial spirit right like honest to god i think that's that just strikes me and 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 as i realize that more as i get older and, and more mature into business ownership and um you know successes and failures uh you you grow from that so it was for me it was my old man dying um and, and that, was, uh, that was the icing on the cake for me to start to focus my life. So I went in uh, January, old man died, Bob died in, in September. In January, I, I was in my course doing a course. Um, I was working at the Carpenters Union. So I went from my course Saturday, Sunday. Then I drove up to Metatuan, Ontario, Canada, which was bloody the hell up. Uh, 60 minutes west of Kirkland Lake. So it's up north, right? I'm in northern country working at a gold mine, doing a shutdown at a gold mine. So I worked a couple turnarounds there. Well, me with my, my coaching, they had a little gym set up in their trailer land or whatever it was. I was able to pick up some clients there and some friends that I worked with, an old, older electrician named Terry. And I started putting into practice what I learned. So I'm like, 
the whole time I'm like, I'm going to open my CrossFit gym. I'm going to open a CrossFit gym. I've never been to a CrossFit class in my life, but I'm going to open <laughs> You're a CrossFit gym. You're going to open one, yeah. I'm going to open a CrossFit gym. You know, I know what I know from the computer, from the workouts, that I like it, that it's helped me. Um, you know, it's getting sleeving over the bar, who's an athletic guy anyways. And uh, I go, this is pretty cool. And, and what, what kind of difference can I make by opening a gym for my kids, right? So just set, set them up with that more positive opportunity, if you will, right? or mentorship, however you want to look at it. So uh, I got back from my two turnarounds up north, and I started working on my, my two-car garage gym. This is, honest to God, my seventh gym location in Caledonia in the last, this, last eight years, I guess, coming up eight years. And uh, this is my favorite by far. But uh, Looks good. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud of it. Uh, I, I've been proud of a lot of, lot of spaces that we've had, but this is, uh, this is, uh, this is my favorite by, by far. So to, to just to, the, my maturity in locations and business and stuff over the years all stemmed from, you know, my dad passing. It gave me that kind of catalyst, that fuel, whatever. It fueled my fire, whatever you want to look at it. It, it, it woke me up, woke me yeah. the fuck up, right? Yeah. Um, so you've been in the business for eight years now. You've changed locations seven times. Um, like this place looks great. You seem at home. It, it's, it's in a great town where you grew up. Um, how do you kind of balance this? Like your husband, your father, and you still take care of your health. Like you train, um, how do you, you coach, how do you balance everything? Are you finding yourself, you're more in a, in a, um, a business role than a coach role? Are you like, okay, I don't need to be the strongest person in the gym. I want to be there for my kids. What, what's kind of like your, your thought process on everything right now? <laughs> I, I think my maturity level has, has, you know, has transpired the most uh, business. I, I think owning a business makes you a better person. Not to saying that, that people who work for people or employees are not good people. I'm just saying for me, as an awareness thing and, and how to, it gives you opportunity, gives you more opportunity to learn to balance different things, right? So as I grow in business, I'm not coaching as much anymore. I coach the 6 a.m. classes Monday to Friday and that's, that's my only class that I coach. Um, will I get out of that? Probably eventually, yeah, I can see myself getting out of that role. Um, in terms of business, I, I learned to delegate. Um, you guys met Jen on the way out here. Um, Jenner's like my rock around here. She does all the admin stuff. Uh, new new signups, new hires. Um, she's on board to on-ramp or we call it um, establishment classes now. Um, we called it fundamentals or foundationals in, back in the CrossFit days. And um, so like having more help and, and being aware what, what my strong suits are and what, where I need to be and what hat I need to put on, um, you know, and then making time for myself in the gym to train, to still be that kind of influencer in the community for my kids or whatever, it's still important to me. Um, so I, I try to make the time for that. My schedule is filling up uh, by my own design, of course, but uh, I'm going back to, I'm carpenter by trade, so I have the opportunity to instruct at Mohawk College. So. I'll be back 24 hours a week down there, three days a week, uh, starting Monday actually. So yeah. uh, it, I love teaching. So for me, it's just it's a natural thing. Um, our apprenticeship program means a lot to me. Going through it, doing you know, earning my stripes, building uh, you know, building a good career, a foundation, uh, good life experience. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to to start an, another uh, uh, contracting business while we were shut down at, at COVID. So I got that on the go and trying to balance. So it's. It's when I have time, I, I, I find myself filling it with more opportunity, more, more things that I want to do, more challenges, if you will. Um, you know, the hardest part for me now is going to be getting the workouts in and, and, you know, 
Usually I'm a 7 a.m. right after 6 a.m. Stay, hit the workout, hit the wad. You know, some days I, I feel good and some days I just process. You know, I just do some dumbbell curls, maybe some pull-ups. And, you know, like I'm 40 years old now. I, to be the strongest guy in the gym, I don't want to be the strongest guy in the gym. It doesn't interest me anymore. It's cool. I love it. I want to build people up. And that's what I, I, I find my role in life now, whether I'm instructing at the school or instructing or coaching at the gym or building businesses with, you know, new business partners. Uh, for me... To, to help people find what, what makes them float, what, what shines, where they can excel at, I, that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what gets me up a lot of the mornings now. I don't think I'll ever not want to be the strongest guy in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if I'm 65 years old. Yeah. And, I, and I'm okay. Like I, I know what it takes to be the strongest guy in the gym, and I, I'm just not willing to put that time into that, that part of my life right now. Um, actually, I, have, I haven't felt this good in, in so long. Um, I was carrying some weight from COVID like everybody else and wasn't training as hard as I normally did. But for me, it's just staying consistent. As, as you get older, it's just like, okay, man, like it's, it's not going to get easier. And doing nothing about it is never going to help anybody about it. So the little bit of work that you can put in every day, whether it's just, you know, hit some curls, hit some pull-ups, uh, do some fucking back squats. I don't give a shit what you do. Just do something, right? Get up and down on the floor. Uh, I got an old guy coming in later, 72 years old, like, he couldn't even fucking touch his, tie his shoelaces standing, you know? And now he can touch his shoelaces. I get him down and off, off the floor at 72 years old. So anybody can do it if they put the time into it. And for me, it's, you know, for me, it's that how much effort do you give somebody who's not willing to get, give you effort back? And, and, and that's a maturity thing, too, because you can't just beat yourself up about a client who doesn't want to do that. That's, that's not your ideal client anyways, right? If they're not going to be there with the same interest. And I, I think establishing expectations for a client as, a, as an owner, as a business partner, as, you know, in a relationship, period, I think this is what I want, this is what I expect of you. If, is that doable? And, and I'm quite clear about that when I take on clients. I don't have many, and even new people coming in, like people like, oh, you're very expensive, and uh, it's a big commitment to start your, your program. I can't just come and try a class. I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I want committed athletes. Yeah. I don't want people who, who are just going to come here and kick tires. Like, I want people who are going to invest three hours and $200, $300 in some personal training sessions to figure out if it's, if it's for them or not. You have no commitment other than that, but I need your three hours. I need your half an hour to have a, have a, you know, a no sweat intro or whatever you want to call it. And I, I'm, I'm going to read the person. I'm going to, not to sound not, um, egotistical, which some of us you know, maybe are, but uh, I've earned the right to be picky on the clients, I think, and, and establish that right. And for me, it means, it means the world for me if somebody's representing what the, their intentions are by, by action, right? So it's, to, you know, we can kind of vet our athletes that way and coming in the door. And it's not like we have athletes knocking down the door, like our price point sets us off. You know, we're probably the highest, one of the highest uh, in the Golden Horseshoe for price point. We're over $200 a, a month membership, right? So, I mean, that vets a people a lot of, a lot of people out anyways, right? So to understanding your value, I think is, is, is a really important life, uh, life, ex, you know, life lesson as a, as a, you know, contributor in, in influences in, in your community. I think that's pretty neat. And then, uh, you know, having people trusting you and, and trusting their health in you, I, I think that's, that's rewarding in, in itself, right? Honest to God, like if you open a gym to make money, you, you've definitely picked the wrong business platform to make money. <laughs> yeah, you, you, if you're putting in time and you're coaching, you want to coach athletes or people that want to be there. Like yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there with uh, if I'm showing up and I'm going to coach you, you better be invested. And if you can't invest $200 a month in your health and in your future, right. yeah, when you're spending 600 bucks a month at McDonald's, right. well, then I don't yeah. want you in my gym. And yeah. I've earned the right to say, yeah, go somewhere else. Yeah.
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's neat as an established business owner to pick your clients. I I, I do that in my contracting business now. It's like, yeah, I don't want to work for you, you know. And I'll say that to people, uh, or you just price the jobs really damn high, and we do that anyways. But uh, you know, and, and that's just your value because my experience is going to cost you some money, right? Our experience as coaches, as athletes, as providers is going to cost you some money, and that's what you pay for. You pay for the experience. You pay for the coaching, right? Um, to be confident and say that is, is something I would have never, never, never felt comfortable 10 years ago. Like, I, I wanted everybody in my class. Like, I want your $70 a month. Come in my class. I'll, I'll coach you, you know. I can make you coachable. You know? And, and that's, when that's when you figure out that you're a good coach is when you have the confidence through that. And as, like, me and Dave both being coaches and we have coaches that work under us, it's the first thing I try and teach some of our coaches is it's okay to say no. Like, once you learn to say no to a client, then now you've – what you said, understand your worth. And that's a hard thing for coaches to understand and, and then implement because they think, oh, it's 70 bucks. Right. Yeah, but that 70 bucks might drain your attitude and drain your energy so that the next class, maybe you're not as invested in that next class when that could be 140 bucks or 70 bucks times a year, which when you do the math at the end of the year, a lot more money to that $70 person who may never come back again. And, and also like, um, I, I think with like a gym like this, whether it's CrossFit or strength conditioning, um, when you, with a certain price point, you're going to bring in those members, right? Um, so those those clients that are willing to pay that, they're willing to invest in themselves, and they're going to come in there. They're going to they're going to work hard. They're going to be compliant to their coach, um, and then also, um, oh my god, I forgot what I was going to say. I had a second point there, but I forget. That's okay. It was probably bad anyway. It was probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. During co like you seem to be killing it right now. Like you're coaching, you're coaching. You own a business. You own another contracting business, which is right kind of like in your wheelhouse. I mean, this place looks sweet. Like you can tell, you can tell a carpenter has put this place together. Like you can just tell that. Um, you're teaching at Mohawk, which I think is awesome because coaching and teaching is just kind of like it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, if you if you if you like to coach, you can be a teacher. Yeah. Right? You are a teacher. You're yeah. teaching people to do things. Period. Um, and then so like you've done all this like this all kind of transitioned throughout covid right um so a lot, a lot of it yeah yeah so uh what what else happened during covid was a lot of businesses were dropping the crossfit and all of gyms were dropping the crossfit name and i think you did it around that time you did it before no i did it before it was cool to drop crossfit i think i, I, think I saw <laughs> Trend, behind trendsetter yeah, yeah. I just trendsetter i was about a year ahead and and honestly <laughs> honest to god uh i was pissed to see all these people f fall off the fucking crossfit wagon because it fucking made you guys and it made me who i am it made it made a lot of us the sport and to to bail on glassman the way it did and whatever he said a lot of us made points and i i feel so strongly about it i'm gonna it's bring a hot it up. take right here this is like a uh, hot take not I, a lot of people feel this way but it's I, good to hear i fucking great glassman saved the fucking planet like, he saved the planet. I'm going to go out there. And, and that's how much I believe in, in Glassman and believe in his philosophies. And, yeah, he's a little harsh-tongued and whatever. And he said something old. Yeah. old. He's yeah. set in his old ways. Yeah. But his old ways made the athletes that they are today. He set the fucking new standard for, for athleticism. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. If you gave up on Glassman, shame on you then. I gave him up before he even said any of that <laughs> stupid shit. But he said a lot of stupid shit along the way. So that was the icing on the cake for a lot of people. I almost... Bought my membership back because of it. I swear to fuck I did. And not because he, because uh, uh, of the, 
oh my God, let's get off. You want it off before, let's face it, yeah, period. It was just the last Everybody drop. wanted it off before, right? CrossFit scared more people away from my business, but I believe in the system. I believe in the process. I don't, I'm not legally allowed to say we do CrossFit, we do functional fitness. Functional fitness would not be functional fitness if it wasn't for CrossFit, period. So for me to give it up, it was $4,000 a year to have people tell me in my small town, I don't have a big draw in Caledonia, right? We have top 70 athletes that come to this gym, right? Which is, you know, you go to, you go to a bigger gym in the city, Toronto, you're over hundreds, you're 300 people, you know, and then sure their overhead's a little bit different, blah, blah, blah. But it's still, how do you maintain a gym at $70, you know, an athlete, or you know, 70 athletes at, you know, like it's, it's not much, right? For having an athlete tell me, oh, I, I can't do CrossFit because I, I need to get fit before I come to your gym. Like that was like yeah. seven bloody years, $28,000 I spent because I love CrossFit. I still do. I still, like, we all do it still. Like, I don't care who you are. You still do CrossFit. <laughs> Whether you want to call it or admit it, right? Yeah. Look at all the athletes going back to the games now because yeah. that's, that's them. Yeah. Like, that's your life is CrossFit. That's made you the person you are today. And God love it because you guys look great and you're setting the bar high. And, and, I, and I think that's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, that's a soft topic for yeah. me. Yeah, like, soft <laughs> I did not expect day, that so. reaction. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm definitely... Uh, yeah, I'm a huge Glassman supporter. He said some sh shitty things. I've said some shitty things. Every one of us said some <laughs> shitty things. To, to desert the man for that, I don't know, guys. Yeah, give your heads a shake. I well, don't know. He revolutionized fitness. Fuck, 100%. The only reason I got into lifting was because my initial step was into CrossFit and then transitioning to weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, whatever else I figure out I want to do that week. <laughs> attempted to do that Attempt, week. <laughs> attempted to do that week. But it, it started with CrossFit, and yeah. that's how that's – how a lot of the people who are going to listen to this got into fitness and started working out. And what people don't understand is there's a difference between CrossFit as an ideology and CrossFit as a sport. And you don't have to, you don't have to partake in both, but for a lot of us that played sports growing up and played high level sports, CrossFit as a sport was a way for us to be competitive. And that's what got me into it. And it was what still keeps me into strength sports is that just that competitiveness and that, that started in 2009 or whatever they started having the CrossFit Games, and it's going to keep going. It ain't going away. No, it's not. It's not going anywhere. Uh, what was, was the $4,000 membership, like, the, the, the sole reason you, you stopped it, or did you see, like, oh, I'm turning people away more than I'm bringing in? Yeah, it was, it was a deterrent. It was honest got a deterrent, unfortunately. And, and, and as much as, like, I fought every year with my wife, like, uh, you know, oh, God, just to get this uh, – keep this place open. Like, it, it's um, – it's a passion, right? CrossFit is a passion. It's, it's something like when you can help somebody get better at life just through, through some exercise, like it's, it's a simple idea, but it manifests into way more. It opens their eyes. It, you're now influencing their children, right? Their children are, are going to either come up into sports or, or make healthier decisions or learn to eat better, all because I opened a gym in 2012. That's it. Yeah. That's it. As simple as that, whether it's a CrossFit or whatever gym, the CrossFit was a deterrent in, in my, in the small town of Caledonia. It was honest to God, people would say, I have to get fit before I come to you. And, and I don't know, maybe it was me and not delivering that message clearly. And I was just, I'm a stubborn son of a bitch. So for me, it was just like, hang on to it, hang on to it, hang on. To it. It'll catch, it'll catch, it'll catch. And for me, it wasn't uh, jump on the bag bandwagon. I, I mean, I was already out a year before and you know, it's, we do the same thing. We do. We just, we don't call it CrossFit fitness. anymore. It's fitness, yeah. right? Functional fitness. Boucher says, <laughs> Boucher says uh, 
you know, uh, we, we train for the sport of CrossFit or we train for the functionality of CrossFit. My gym is based on functional. Yeah. I, I have very, very few high-level athletes, you know. I don't even consider myself a high-level. I'm an intermediate athlete at best, you know. I've been I'm sure in the McCollum household, you are an elite athlete there. Nah, well, my, you should see my daughter in the gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. And if I can motivate my son a little more, he can be quite the weapon there too. You go. Yeah. And uh, Allie, she keeps busy too. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty neat. Like uh, we make time for health, and and you know my my daughter, she's 20 hours a week at gymnastics, right? And you know she's 10 years old. Like you should see her. She's jacked, man. Yeah. Like it's it's so neat to see. Did you do a bar muscle up yet? Uh, you know what? She probably could, but yeah. She <laughs> take her to Good Life. You start getting. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah, take her. Take her to Uncle Stephen's classes at Good Life. There, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, she could. She probably could. Yeah, yeah, with her kips and stuff from the gym. She, you know, she's a gymnast, so she does the bar stuff. And then my, my son. Well, I don't know. Maybe I was lazy as a kid, but you know, God love him, and uh, he he gets motivated when he wants to be. He's he's my boy. He's motivated yeah. when he wants to be motivated. Yeah. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah. But yeah, he can. He's got the he's got the stature. You can tell. Like he he'd be a good weightlifter. Yeah. He's got the got the limbs for it. Got there the. There you go. Yeah, got the ability for it. So he he'll come around. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I owned a CrossFit gym for a couple of years, and I kind of noticed the same thing. I got a few people that were like would come in because they would want to be Rich Froning. Right. And then they would come in, and or I would talk to them like friends, and they'd be like, oh, no, I need to be more fit. And I'm like, my 60-year-old mom comes in and does CrossFit. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, you don't think you're, you think you're less fit than my mom? Like, it was just like the, the, two, the two sides was crazy, and I always kind of struggled with uh, the membership because I was like, is it hurting more than it's helping? Um, so yeah, like I, I could see why it was kind of the last straw in um, in a lot of business, uh, a lot of CrossFit gym owners' uh, minds. It was kind of their last straw to to deaffiliate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I uh, you know they still run a, an awesome program. The management's changed. I'm sure they're gonna get through this like any other uh, you know company influence. You know, great great company, which I believe I still believe in, in CrossFit. I, I'm sure a lot of people. Uh, still do. Uh, we see you working out every day, so I know you do. Um, the system works, uh, methodology works, it works, period, and works in a better, better progress, uh, progression than anything else that I've ever seen in my life. You know, I, I'm 40 years old now. Um, you know, things that, that I could do in 20, I, you know, I certainly am, am less adapt, but my goal is to stay a little bit uh, above that curve, you know, stay a little bit, try to get a little healthier every year, right? What, you know, focus on my, my biggest focus on nutrition. If I'm not eating my vegetables, then I, I know I notice now at 40. So eat your vegetables <laughs> earlier in life, and, and and it'll be easier to eat them later in life. It'll be your it'll be your habits, and it's just creating those habits, right? CrossFit's allowed everyone to cre create a bunch of good ha habits. Um, a great business platform, a fantastic business platform. You know, it's it's yours to to sink it. It's yours to build it. So. Um, created a lot of opportunity. So I was sad to see a, a lot of people deaffiliate when they did. Uh, I was already out, but um, yeah, like it was, yeah, it was, it, it irked me a bit. You almost sound like Derek when he tells us about the bands that he knew before they were famous. <laughs> or the bands he opened for before they were famous. We made them all big. <laughs> <laughs> they came to see us and then they left us for them. You got to see this guy's old music uh, pictures, man. When you know he's what? rocking out. We might make it the intro music. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't think you can afford the rights to it. <laughs> He'd probably give it away, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, will you at least buy a t-shirt, bro? <laughs> got, an old, got an old CD around. <laughs> oh, I found a bunch of CDs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. It's, it's funny to see, you know, like you're, you're a good uh, hockey player. You played quite competitive hockey, but you're also a rock star. 
Like, you, you know, you also rocked Self out. Self-proclaimed. So <laughs> you know, so you never made the big, big leagues in, 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 uh, in the rock starism, but. Hey, we got paid 120 bucks to play a 16, 16 birthday party. So that was pretty That's cool. That's pretty 120 huge. bucks and a, each or the band? No, the whole band. <laughs> yeah. Cost, cost us 140 in gas to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got some pizza, some cake, and we also had to buy a, a 24 beer. So yeah. we definitely lost money on that. But <laughs> you're out a few bucks, eh? All right. So, uh, I mean, it seems everything's been going really well. What's what does the future hold for Nick and Attain? Uh, Attain's my baby. I, I think it'll always be my baby. Um, in that in that degree, we got the clinic open now. Um, I brought some help in over there, Jenny Tansley. Uh, she's a massage therapist, so she looks after that side of the wall, if you will. Um, got a beautiful clinic, four treatment rooms, uh, growing our practice, our, 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 uh, our clinic there. We got two massage therapists uh, and an athletic therapist looking for Cairo. What's up? Uh, physiotherapist, love to have you. Uh, you know what I'd like to have is a sports med doctor, actually, uh, yeah. to refer all, you know, get the refer referrals in-house. Um, I'm always an entrepreneur. I, I, I'm, I'm not, not going to shake that. I've, you know, I've thought about it and, you know, just go back to the, the, the hall, uh, Union Hall and just get my paychecks a week. And, and you know, I, I can't do it. it that, that doesn't, I did it for years and it, it doesn't make me happy. Um, it's rewarding and it pays good benefits, pension, all that stuff. But uh, I, I like the challenge. I like waking up every day, not knowing where, you know, how I'm going to feed my family. And, and it's up to me that way. Right. I, I like that. that. That's just what gets me up in the morning now. It's just like, Okay, yeah, like I'm in a routine, right? And, you know, so being an entrepreneur, oh, oh, starting more businesses. So I got a long list of businesses that I'm going to open and start, and um, I want to leave the legacy. I, I saw this uh, Philtown financial guy uh, at a Tony Robbins event, and he says, uh, I want to teach you how to create generational wealth. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy even talking about? What's generational wealth? But wealth that'll last decades, you know, a century, last through your family. Like, create opportunities that, you know, maybe my parents weren't, weren't, able or aware or confident to make that risk and take those risks and and for me i just i'm just going to keep on keep on keeping on in, in business i'm just going to open you know contracting want to do painting business you know whatever like auto detail i don't care what it is i'm going to start it right um and then just build business and and uh rich dad poor dad's taught me a lot of <laughs> lessons <laughs> i like audio books i'm not a, a fast reader so when i when i drive to mohawk it's actually my auto audible time so i would throw the book on and, and and learn in the car or truck on the way there and uh yeah for me it's just like build build what your parents didn't build like always better that generation you know be build a legacy for your freaking kids like do something right make contribute in, in every little way you can the other day I, this kid was road raging me in front of me right and he pulls off and he, he starts yelling at me out the window i abruptly turned to left i turned he says you're riding my ass man get the fuck off my ass I go, bro, what's up, bro? Right? He's yelling at me out the window. I rolled down the window. 20 years ago, I would have fist fought the kid, right? <laughs> like raging lunatic, right? Yeah. I rolled down the window, and I'm looking out like he's back here in my, my passenger side back rear window and drive my little SUV. And I'm having a great day. It's Friday. I'm doing what I want to do in life, right? Like, I, I look at him. I'm like, what's up, bro? He's like, what's up, bro? I go, what's going on? I'm having a shitty day, he says. And he's raging. He's on his phone. And I go, man, it's Friday. Cheer the fuck up, man. <laughs> like, it's Friday, baby. Like, have a beer. Like, relax, man. Like, don't be, like, just chill. And he looks at me, and he's, I'm like, I hope you have a better day, dude. You know, I'm talking over my shoulder. And he looks at me, and he pauses, and he says, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. And I know that dude had a better day. 
you know, 20 years ago, I would have fought him, right? No questions asked, out of the car. What did you say to me? You know, raging <laughs> lunatic, you know, but that's a maturity, I think. And, and as, as I grow and learn and respect, and that's the lessons I need to teach my kids. That's the lessons I need to teach people. I need to teach that guy. That raging out is not the answer, you know? Like, for me, it's just like, it's cool. Any opportunity I can show somebody how to do something, um, you know, kids, my kids are the worst. They don't want to listen to dad, right? I'm like, fuck, I was the same as a kid. I'm like, damn it. Dad, no, I got a better way. You know, he's teaching me how to do trim in a fucking window. And I'm, no, dad, that's not how you hold that. You know, Nicholas, this is how you do it, you know? So, yeah, it was how you do it, dad. Thanks. That's off. But, um, yeah, I, I think just, just making people's life easier. What I like to do is, 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 like I said earlier, is connect people to what they like to do. You know, whether, whether it sparks from the gym, because you can get somebody motivated at the gym to do something, maybe start a business, maybe ask that pretty girl out, uh, whatever it is, right? Just fucking do it. Like, we have one life here, and I think our, our purpose in life is, I tell this to the wife, is to procreate. I've done that diligence. <laughs> That's our sole purpose, by the way. Ask Darwin about that one. And, uh, and, and to help people get better at life. Like, help people. Make people's lives easier, not harder, right? And that's what they do. They do it in the gym. You know, it comes, comes from a simple hour class in the gym where now they build the confidence to go and, and be more successful at work or have the energy or be able to play up and down off the ground with their children or chase them in the fucking park or, you know, or have, inf have the influence that says mommy's taking an hour out of her day for herself. It's okay for mommy to do that. Mommy's working on her health so I can be around longer to care for you in different ways and guide you and stuff. Like, I think that's brilliant. And, and for me, it's just carrying on in whatever path that leads um, but entrepreneurialism is something that is, uh, yeah, it's on my radar for sure. Just build more business, help more people. Yeah. And I, like, <clears throat> regardless of, of what your business is, like, um, in, in terms of like, like giving people that freedom or, or like you go, if someone hires you for a contracting job or for a carpentry job, maybe they could do it themselves. Maybe it would take them eight weeks to do it, but you do it in one day and they don't have to worry about their house isn't a mess and they have free time to do other things in their life. So regardless of, of, of the business, I think that that holds true. Um, well, it was awesome having you on here, man. Yeah, it was cool. Thanks for coming out. It's cool to hang out. It's yeah, nice to I, talk about what you're passionate about. Yeah. It's cool. I, I love the place. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, one thing we didn't talk about is we're hosting the Max Log and Deadlift yeah, event Yeah, that's here. cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. See, Boosh, he better be competing, eh? I don't. The strongest I, guy in the gym? between decisions on that yeah, one right yeah. now. I tell him he needs to, I don't think he's worked out since August. <laughs> I think I have to lift in order to compete. I don't know. <laughs> start training, eh? Maybe, maybe you'll start today. I appreciate you hosting us. Like it was, it was tough. We're like, I mean, with COVID, it was hard to find. We we're gonna do it outside. Everything kept getting postponed, and then we, um, it was hard to find a location. So we really appreciate you having us in. Um, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on November 28th. Yeah, thanks, David. Thanks, Boosh. Yeah, it's good to have you. Nice to see you. I look forward to the uh, the comp. It's gonna be cool. Thank you for listening to our second episode of the Canadian Strength Cast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion with Nick as he has a very unique entry and perspective on the strength world. He was also generous enough to let us use his gym for the Max Log and Deadlift event happening November 28th. If you would like to support us, please visit our website at canadianstrengthsupply.ca. You can find everything you need from singlets, sleeves, belts, straps, and more. We have some new gear from Caffeine and Kilos, Adidas weightlifting shoes, and some handcrafted Canadian-made straps. Also, if you liked our episode and would like to hear more, subscribe to the podcast, give us some feedback. It is greatly appreciated, and have a good day. Mm -hmm.